In today's episode, I am so excited to bring you Kelly Walter. Now, she is an absolute legend. Her business is called Daily Orders and she has got the most incredible wall planners. They are an acrylic wall planner that, you know, if you've seen them in person, they are life-changing. <laughs> they get people organized, they get your family organized, and they really elevate your life. So today, I'm so thrilled to have her here. She is one of these people that when I first started my product business, I put her on a pedestal and I was damn straight I wanted to be like her. So that was a while ago and I have watched her journey and I am so lucky now to call her one of my favorite business people. I follow her intently, but she has also helped me so many times as I've struggled with things like Facebook ads and agencies and outsourcing and all those hard things that come up with pro- with owning and operating a product business. So I cannot wait for you to hear from my very dear friend, Kelly Walter from Daily Orders. Let's get into it. Hey, hey there, you are listening to the Boss Motive Podcast, where I'm sharing all the tools, tips, and mindset tricks to build a successful business whilst living a life you love and avoiding the burnout. Ever wondered what it takes to live in a tropical paradise, run successful businesses, and work from home whilst raising kids? Well, listen up, friends, as I am sharing my story of how I've done this, along with interviews from other incredible entrepreneurs who are also living their best life. My name is Liz Morris, and this is the No BS Podcast, where I'm digging deep into what it actually takes to define your success and live a life you were put on this earth for. Haven't found your motive yet? Come in closer. We may just have the answer. Well, hello, Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks. Thank you. I'm very excited. (laughs) Now, we are total... uh, business throw some words around at each other all the time so this should be a really fun conversation I'm looking forward to it (laughs) me too (laughs) me too should be good for those that don't know you can you please give me an introduction into who you are where you're from in this beautiful Australia and uh tell me about your business okay so hello everybody I'm Kelly um I am currently on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria is beautiful most of the time and I run Daily Orders which is a wall planner business and we sell our wall planners Australia-wide. We have shipped overseas but we'll talk about that later but yes so we're I'd like to think we're the leading supplier of Australian wall planners. Awesome now I know this has a really good background story and even how you named your business. So can you give me some of that background into your product for those that don't know, which if they don't know who your product is, it, they must be living under a rock. So tell me, <laughs> tell me this background into your product. Sure. So I, do, I served for 13 years in the Navy as an officer. Um, and when I was on maternity leave with our second child, my husband was never home So he was always traveling as a FIFO consultant um, and I couldn't keep track of everything. So I had a a little girl at home and then the the newborn um, and I couldn't keep track of things. So I thought I need something that I can see everything all at once in my face so I'm not relying on my phone all the time. And when I was in the Navy, the thing that we relied on every day to show our 
schedule was something called daily orders. So daily orders was basically an A4 sheet that was published that would tell everyone where they needed to be, at what time, you know, any important visitors coming, what uniform you had to wear that day, and all the important stuff of the day was on daily orders. So you'd say, what time sport? It's on daily orders. And that was the sort of thing I wanted in my house as well. What time is the kids going to a doctor's appointment? It's on daily orders. Go and have a look at the board. So that's how the name kind of came from the Navy into, into our home. So we wanted to be able to look at the board and go, that's what's on for the day, rather than everyone getting confused and not having any clue what was happening. So, yeah, so that's how our daily orders came to be. And here we are six years later in still in business, which is quite nice. (laughs) Which is so wonderful. So tell me about the very beginning process of starting a product business and what that kind of looked like for you. Because I know, I'm pretty sure you manufacture in Australia, don't you? So how does that even, how did you even start in that getting a product from your, out of your head? What did the design phase look like? And then finding a manufacturer? Because I know lots of people wonder how to even get started in a business like yours. Yeah, so it was interesting. Um, I'm a bit of a dog with a bone with things and I'm also quite a bit of a tight ass. I don't know whether I'm allowed to say that. Absolutely. <laughs> so I um, I initially just started ringing around plastics companies to find out um, or acrylic companies to find out where I could get the acrylic. And each sheet was ridiculously expensive by itself, of course. And when you're starting a business, you don't want to invest huge amounts of money up front nor do you want to charge way too much at the start only to bring your prices down while you're trying to figure out what works. So I rang around to a lot of companies all based in Victoria because that's where I am um, of who could supply acrylic and then I found someone who could both supply the acrylic and print as I needed them to Um, and then we did small batch runs at the start. I'm talking maybe in order of 12 weekly planners um, at the start that we could, we literally stored under the bed in our spare room. Um, and then it kind of grew from there. So we, we actually timed it the first time we did, we packed our first order. It took 13 minutes to pack <laughs> our first order. So it's, it's been quite an evolution since since those days. And what's the auto packing now? <laughs> I Have think you timed yeah. that? <laughs> I think they pack about 20 in half an hour. So amazing, they're, amazing. they're pretty fast. Yeah, yep. so it's that evolution story of you went from just yourself doing this to now you have staff and we'll get to that in a minute. But all right, so tell me about the very first, you know, like the sales process and how you even got there. Like were you doing, how did you even start to get exposure and start that momentum of having a business? How did that look? So the first thing was, of course, you rely on your friends and family. So you text, you message all your friends and you put it up on Facebook, please come and support my business, um, which is, you know, and, and friends friends pitch in and help, which is really lovely. And then it gives you that confidence when you get those first couple of um, orders. You're like, yeah, I can do this. And then they start sharing the love on Facebook and then, they, you know, friends come and visit and then they can see the product in their house. So it was that gradual word of mouth exposure from friends and family that sort of started it at the start. Um, I also took uh, a couple of courses here and there when I started out um, on how to get to build up your email list and that sort of thing. So it was by a company called, I think, Video Fruit back then. um, And it was basically how to get your first 100 email subscribers. So it was, you know, asking a leading question via text message 
would you like to know about more about organization or something, you know, as crass as that? And then people are like, yes. And then we write, well, what's your email? So then that sort of relationship got started. Um, and then it kind of built the email list from there. But our key success has definitely been from Facebook ads. So we've spent a lot of money on Facebook ads over the years to generate our, um, our sales. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, and were you initially, did you start your sales process with a website or were you really relying on, like, was there another way that you did that to start with? Um, it was an embarrassingly horrible website, yeah. <laughs> we so, all it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it was a Shopify website. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I built it myself and it was very, very ugly. But the thing is, it still generated sales. So I found that really interesting. Even in the ugly early days, um, it still it still got people in, enticed people enough to to come and buy, which I thought was really interesting. Um, obviously, since then the website has evolved significantly, um, both in design, photography, and applications to add in to the website to make it function better. Um, so it's been. I hate saying like the MasterChef, but it's been a real journey <laughs> from the start to where we are now. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's evolved a lot um, over the years to what it is today, which is, I think, a better functioning website with more like user, it's more user-friendly and it's better for us for building, for building business too. So if someone was to start out, um, and we get this question all the time, someone to start out, where where would you focus your attention if you had your time over again? Do you think it's the website, the importance of having a functional website, or would you really work on that organic email list? Like what what would be your top if you said if I said to you, give me give me three yeah. um, action items, what would be your top three to get somebody started? Um my first would be product photography. <laughs> As a photographer, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good answer for you. not a leading um, question. <laughs> no, no, no. You, I think I did that very well. Um, but, no, product photography because, you know, when you go to look at a website, if the photos are crappy, if it's got poor lighting, if they're not great, people are going to wonder about the quality of the product. And I think we probably learned that the hard way. I think we didn't have good photos for quite some time. Um, particularly because our product is really hard to photograph because it's so shiny um, and reflective. You can't capture a nice photo without sort of digitally changing it a bit because um, any any light source will will kill the photo. Um, so that's really hard. So yeah, product photography would be number one. I would say having a functioning website with no barriers to check out, just make it easy to get from the start to finish. So Website sliders are great, but they're distracting. You want someone, bam, call to action, get them to the to the shopping page. For example, I went to David Jones the other the other day because I wanted a particular tea towel, these country road tea towels. Like I just wanted to buy them and a couple of other things. There was no add to cart button. Oh. So I was ready to buy, but there was no add to cart button. So I walked away or I clicked away, you know. So you've got to make it easy for people to buy. And that's that's one of the things that um, another thing that annoys me is if their ad doesn't go directly to the product that they've just seen. Like, is there nothing worse than you see a, a really cool product that you want and it sends you to the website and all of a sudden you're on a completely different part of the website? I mean, I mean yeah. 
humor, that's one thing. And I know as a product business owner myself, having those one click from the ad to the website yeah. to the checkout. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I hate that's my pet passion. I hate that so much. So, yep. And yeah. number three. Yeah. Number three, um, oh, see, at the moment, building an email list is quite quite crucial because we're having so many issues with um, the iOS 14 update where people can opt out of ads on Facebook. It's limiting it's limiting um, people getting served with those ads. So we're seeing changes in our Facebook ad reporting because people are opting out of um, opting out of receiving ads on iOS 14. So and I've actually just today looked at my stats for the last few months to see how many Apple users I have. And I, since July 1st, we've had 18,000 Apple users and about 3,000 Samsung users. So it was quite quite a market different difference, sorry. Um, in in the devices that were being used, so that leads us to needing email data that we own ourselves because we can email them whenever we want within reason, of course. But we own that data; we're not relying on a third party to pay to deliver it to somebody. We can land directly in their inbox. So, so yeah, photography, website, and email list building is probably the three that I would work on work on first. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crucial. I love all those. That's exactly what I would have said. So I love Aww. that on track with somebody We're like in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. So in this last, what, we you've been going since 2015. So in six yeah. years, are there any major obstacles that you have come across that you feel like you could, you know, I mean, we all have obstacles as business owners, but yeah. anything that was a real pivotal change in your business that you, that you felt you might've had and really how you overcame that? Um, I don't, I think not a ch- change in a bad way, but a change in a good way um, is we had the opportunity. And of course we, we sorted out um, is to work with other Australian businesses to get our name out there. So we um, set up affiliate programs with other major Australian businesses and that really helped us build. So that got our name out in front of, you know, a very high profile Facebook group of 250,000 members, which got us into their feeds on Facebook and into their emails. So that was a really crucial time for us for, for building um as part of that we had a bit of a failure as well though which was fun to go through so we supplied our small planners with a magnetic strip which we thought we'd tested properly we'd spoken to the manufacturer about and he said yes yes that's fine to use for that purpose um and then all of a sudden all these planners were falling off the fridge so which obviously caused hours and hours of customer service dealing with complaints Um, and then it sort of pushed back on the people who had been working with their reputation so that was a big customer service nightmare um, to fix and of course we replaced everyone that that fell off and broke but that was just a learning uh, a learning point to make sure you actually thoroughly thoroughly test and adjust so yeah that was that was a bit, as I say, a big learning point for us to just to stop and don't be in a rush to get things out. Just make sure everything's right, hundred percent before you put it to market, because it can cause a lot of work otherwise. And in that experience, what did you find was the 
you know, how did you recover from that? Was it just by having really good customer service? Yeah, so that was at a time when I was still doing basically everything myself. Um, so obviously I had a bit of a meltdown. Some tears were shed, <laughs> lots of tears were shed. Um, and I sent an email to that database of people um, basically apologising for our, our poor quality product. Um, even though it wasn't our product, it was the mounting strips that, you know, the, the magnets that weren't working. Um, deeply apologised and promised to and, of course, did did send out the products to them again as a replacement. Um, and most people were really happy that we owned the problem Yeah. Um, and, and, and fixed it for them because I think that's the worst thing in customer service if people just admit, admit their fault and go, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So you've actually got to come through and, and fix fix those things. So, yeah, I think that was about learning to own your, own your problems <laughs> and, uh, and fix them, you know, because that builds customer um, loyalty um, through trust. So, yeah, that, that, was a big, that was a big moment for us, although big, um, a lot of emotion, <laughs> a lot of emotions came with it. But, yeah. Absolutely. We've all sat in the corner and cried at one point. And if you haven't, then are you really a business owner? Honestly. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So talk me through your journey from 2015 to now. So we're at what, 2021. Um, what it looked like, because a lot of people will go, oh my gosh, look at this super sex successful business, you know, multi-million dollar business, product business, you've got staff, you've got a warehouse and all that. But what does the actual time timeline look like? Like I know it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, but, you know, can you remember like when you first got big enough to have staff, like about what year or what month point did that look like? So an actual timeline yeah. of how you go from where you were to where you are now. Yeah, so the first, um, I'd say probably two years, I was doing everything myself, everything from, you know, as I said, the beautiful website, um, packing, dispatching, customer service, doing, you know, that you see those things on Instagram. Hi, I'm Mernie Accountant. I'm a business owner. I'm a customer service. That was me. Yeah. So you're everyone. Um, and it's exhausting, um, really, really exhausting. And as I said before, emotional. So I ended up meeting who's my now best friend by chance. Um, one of my kids said, I want to play with those people. And we went, okay. So we did and now we're best mates. So she started working for me about four years ago, just just help, quote, unquote, helping out. And then all of a sudden we realised that she needed to help out more and more and more. Um, so she became um, a, a permanent staff member. Um, and then in the last couple of years we've also um, – been blessed to have another staff member on on site so the three of us are mums and that gives us the opportunity to work flexibly around you know school hours and that sort of thing um so in-house staff there's three of us now and that's you know that's come over the last few years um I've also needed to for my own mental health outsource um social media and that's been an interesting again journey in itself um because we've had I think four agencies we've worked with over the years. Um, and that's challenging because each time you need to set up a relationship with those people, they need to learn you, they need to learn the business um, and, and how you work and the personality that comes along with it and, and the product. So we've, um, yeah, we've outsourced to agencies, which has been both a blessing and a curse um, because, Sometimes it's gone really well and obviously now I'm on my fourth. <laughs> Sometimes mm -hmm. it hasn't gone so well. 
Um, so that's been expanding into that was necessary probably after the first year because I because I was doing everything I got to a point where I just I couldn't do it all anymore and I'd reached the the maximum knowledge that I could of Facebook ads um, and that was that was certainly where I knew that the income was going to come from so I needed to outsource to a specialist someone who knew what they were doing not just making it up as they went along like I was. <laughs> so that kind of leads to my next question about um, when you should start to like I think a lot of people run courses on how to do organic traffic and how to get organic traffic. And I know personally for myself, I left it so late to start investing in paid advertising. And I and I know personally, if I had done that three years earlier, well, I would have been in a perfectly different position to what I am. <laughs> um, that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. It's the best teacher. But where, would you suggest to people to get into it early rather than wait for paid advertising? Or do you really think there's value in building up an organic um, audience first? What's what's your take on that? I'd love your opinion. So that's really difficult. Um, I guess it, it depends. It depends what your product is for paid advertising, I think. Um, if it's something people need and want, they're going to be more likely to engage with it on social media advertising. If it's something that they just want, it might not be so useful. So you can see all sorts of things come up on social media. But, yeah, I don't know, it's hard because, I mean, we we rely a lot on, on Facebook advertising. Um, sorry, I'm going around in circles here. I'm just trying to think through. Um no matter which way you put it, organic is important because they're the people who who love you, kind of love you from the start. They're the loyal, they're the loyal people who actually want to want to engage with you. If you think of Facebook advertising, you're going fishing in a large pond, yeah. and you don't know who might want you out there. So there's there's quite a big risk that you're going to get, you know, a tiny little trout when you actually want to fish for a marlin. Yep. So. There's, yeah, it, it makes it really hard to, even with the targeting, it can only be so specific. So I think Facebook advertising is important, but the changes that are being made, especially with iOS 14 and those updates, are making it harder and more costly to get to the customers that you want. So reverting to what I was saying before, the email list, I think, is a really important source. Yeah, absolutely. It's building that. Yeah, definitely. Def- Sorry, that leads me to another question which I've always wanted to ask you was about, so when you first started, I, you know, six years ago, I had never seen planners like yours um, when they yeah. first started out. And I feel like you were the one of the pioneers in this field. How did you, how do you keep yourself different and always, uh, you know, a step ahead when there's so many people coming into the market with that similar product or, you know, that competition? How do you, even your mindset, how do you keep yourself in the right headspace for that? It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's really frustrating um, because we've seen so many copycat businesses come up um, from seemingly larger businesses to other ones who sell like diary kind of planners who have now decided to, to go down the acrylic planner path um, to little homemade, you know, like I started out, little homemade businesses. Um, 
but what I've got to remember is we've all, you know, we've all got a dream of our own and I was where some of them were, you know, six years ago. So I don't begrudge them that. Yet do I wish they had a unique idea? Yes, <laughs> but that's okay because I know that my brand and my customer service and my staff are exceptional, as is my product. I know that our quality is second to none. I know that if something happens and it gets broken in transit, I'll replace it straight away. So I know I can rely on us to do well by the customer. And I think that's where Daily Orders has really built its brand loyalty. People know us and trust us as an excellent source of product and customer service and a bit of fun, you know. So we, we've built a kind of community that people love and love to be a part of. Um, so mindset-wise and copycats, I just go, meh, it's okay because I'm confident that we're doing the right thing. We're selling a bloody awesome product and people love us. So I'm okay. I'm okay. It's like Coke and Pepsi, you know. Yeah. There's always going to be copycats. You just got to roll with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that attitude and that definitely keeps going. I love even walking into someone's house and I see one of your planners. It's definitely, you have got an incredible community and it's one thing when I first joined you know, when I went into the space of product business, you were definitely a product business I looked up to from the very start because I love that you had that community. I love that you um, really stood behind your brand and you do have such a, an incredible product. So leading on and wrapping this up, what is the future of Daily Orders? Where are we headed? What What's happening in your space? So... My husband would love to pitch in and say, here, if she had a business plan, she could tell you what's happening. <laughs> <They're so> uh, <laughs> I haven't had a business plan for the last six years. So my plan is to keep going, um, just keep going with what we're doing. We've um, we've had a pretty rough two years um, with homeschooling. We've been, we're in Victoria, as I mentioned, and we've been in lockdown for a couple of years basically. So that's been challenging to keep our head above water, um, not sales-wise, but just, um, what's the word, Think, thinking-wise, you know, innovation-wise. Um, we, we haven't had room to sort of think about anything else than just, just functioning, um, which has been really challenging. But I'm, I would like to see us expand our NDIS business because we're, um, NDIS registered, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So I'd love to be able to help more people in the disability sector um, because I'm really proud of that and the work that we do there. Um, I would also like to see um, what other products people like, so work on a bit more innovation um, and see if there's anything else that, that could be useful. Um, we've tried to branch out into a notebook and other paper-based products which haven't gone as well because I think we need to stick with our core, our core acrylic planner product. But it's just about finding different ways to make those to suit what people need. So we've had several people say, I'd love a fortnightly planner because I'm a shift worker. It's about actually getting that into production. So having the brain space to get to get that going. Um, so yeah, it's just and um just about trying to think, yeah, as I said, other ways to, to make use of, of, of what we've got. Yeah, and I love, I think I love that about your business is that it's always, 
you've got your core products and you don't have to. And one thing that I really tapped into when I was first learning about product business is that you can just have your core products and then you can have a little few offshoots of that, but it's okay just to stay focused on, on one or two or three products and just do them really, really well. And I often say to people, we get sick of our, it's like photography, we get sick of our products and we get sick of our images before our customers do. And your product being at even the price point it's at and and the style is similar to uh, my price point in the fact that people aren't going to, they're not a throwaway item, they're there for life. Yeah. we're always looking for new customers rather than, you know, we can we can innovate and do something new for our older customers, but mm. it's okay to keep selling the same product and just make it better and have that core product and then little shoots off it instead of having to yeah. try and change. Like I actually think it would do my head in if I had to come up with a new clothing range every season. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That, that yeah, and look, we... Yeah, and we've, as I said, we've tried and tested other other paper-based products and they just haven't worked because people come to us because they know we're the acrylic planner people, you know. Yeah. They're not here for a diary planner. They're here for the wall planners. So I guess, uh, what is it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> we get bored before they do, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But no, I still love it. I still enjoy it. Um, certainly, you certainly don't start your own business to only – you know, work for a couple of hours a day. It's exhausting, but it's it's worth it. So, because yeah, it's it's you know you're proud of it. It's your baby. Yeah, and you you are the face of your business, which is I love that. It's so good. <laughs> if you can deal with my personality, yes. <laughs> now that you've taken reels by the head up, you need to be watching <laughs> Kelly's reels for sure. <laughs> I like need that. to work on my transitions, but no, I, I certainly have fun when I'm doing them. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, I'm going to wrap that up, Kelly, because you have just given us so much um, insight into behind the scenes of daily orders. And I'm so grateful that you took the time out of your day, your busy day, to talk to me. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. And, um, you know, planning and having daily orders on your wall is so crucial. So I'm going to make sure I put the links to your website below and um, so people can come over and connect with you and they have to follow you on Instagram because it's hilarious. (laughs) I shall keep creating funny reels then just for you. Thank you. It makes my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. Thanks again, Kelly, and I will chat to you soon. No worries. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. Well, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Boss Motive Podcast. I hope these episodes are really helping you towards building a successful business and a life that you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please jump over and leave me a review because that is going to help me get these episodes out to more people. And of course, I love to see you on Instagram. So please tag me at Boss Motive and let me know if these episodes are resonating with you or if there's something that you would love to hear. I look forward to being back in your ear again next week. Thanks again.